Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey leaders, welcome to episode 61 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name is Jeremy and let me timestamp this. Let me say Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2024. Not sure when you're listening to this, but um, we have taken a little bit of a break over the Christmas holidays, and we are back with part two of our two-part series entitled Disciples and the Church. Now, if you recall back in episode 60, um, we, we talked from the title, Who's Building What?, and I'll give a little bit of a recap in a second, but before we do that, I, I want to tell you that part two, Disciples in the Church, today we're going to be talking about what and how. But before we get to that, if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go back, check that episode out in its entirety. Uh, I know you won't be... Um, you won't be disappointed that you did so because it will bring you up to speed before listening to episode 61 here today. So just in the way of a bit of a recap, just to get us going here, part one of this series, we opened up the topic by presenting the problem in the North American church today. And that problem being this, that a lot of our churches are full of believers, but not so many followers. We talked specifically about how Jesus never called any of us to build, plant, start, maintain, revitalize churches, but what he did call every single one of us to is to go and make disciples, and that he would build his church. And we talked a lot about the underlying issue to many of the issues in the North American church that the North American church is facing today being... uh, whether it's leadership void or reaching the next generation or reaching people in general, evangelism, that at the root of all these issues is a discipleship issue. And we took some time to chat through the idea that the church is the effect of discipleship, not the cause. How effective discipleship actually builds the church and not the other way around. And then after painting a picture of this issue of discipleship, we started talking about Okay, how do we change this? It's one thing to identify the issue, but we don't want to just be always rest on the problem side of things. We want to err on the side of being uh, solvers and bringing solutions to these problems that we see. And so we talked about how do we get back to our mission as followers of Jesus and making disciples. And we started with a call for us all to stop assuming that we're doing it, that that would be a great place to start for all of us is just to stop stop assuming, because I think a lot of times we do. We just assume that we're doing it because our gathering might be growing on a Sunday or whenever we gather. And so we just assume because of that, that we're making disciples. Well, that is false. And then number two, we followed it up by a challenge to start looking at how Jesus did it in the Gospels. And it involved, we, we recognized in part one, that it involved both a lot of invitation to relationship and then a lot of challenge to change. And we need a healthy balance of both today. And we closed out this part one with a with a challenge to all of our church leaders out there listening to figure out some practical ways to start inviting people around you into relationship and then ways to challenge them to change just as Jesus did with his disciples and what he modeled for us throughout the New Testament. So we here in North America specifically must get back on mission with what Jesus has called every single one of us to do. We must get back to making disciples again. So that was part one. Again, if you didn't listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the entire episode 
um, and and you will greatly benefit from that. It will bring you up to speed before we get into the meat and potatoes of part two here today in the series entitled Disciples and the Church. And today, specifically in this episode, episode 61, I want to take a look at what a disciple is and how we go about making disciples. What and how. I remember years ago when I was in college, I ended up getting a job at a summer camp as a maintenance worker. Uh, I was pretty pumped about this as it would mean getting to operate all sorts of uh, machinery and working with my hands and and just being outside all day. I just love being outside and outdoors person. And so all these things I enjoyed. And, and I remember my first two weeks on the job as I started this job at this summer camp. I learned very quickly that this job was no joke as I spent every day, literally every day for the first two weeks straight, I spent with a rake in my hands, no machine, just a rake. And I I spent those two weeks raking in trenches that had been dug for a new sewer system in the trailer park area. And I'll tell you, I was sore after the first couple days, I was beat. And it was like, okay, am I sure I really wanted to work here? However, I also learned very quickly how much my boss seemed to know about everything. I mean, he wasn't an expert necessarily in any specific field or trade, but he just knew enough about everything to fix and and repair and it just really amazed me. I mean, this man had done this job for 25 years and he just seemed to know how to fix anything and everything. And I I really gravitated toward that and um, I really wanted to know how to do the exact same thing. So here's what I did. I started watching his every move. Any chance I got to work alongside him, I took it and I started to observe him And I was probably a little bit annoying to him because I I started asking him all sorts of questions every day. Why did you do that? Why did you do it this way? Why didn't he do that? And in all of this observing and asking and even imitating because he'd let me try it out myself, I started learning a few things about fixing stuff and what it means to be a campgrounds supervisor. So much so that by the end of that very first summer at that camp, my boss in turn noticed something in me and asked me at the end of that summer if not only if I'd come back the following summer and work there again, but he wondered if I would ever think about potentially replacing him one day once I had graduated uh, from college as he would be retiring around that same time. Now, I don't share any of that to pump my own tires um, or to, to boost myself Rather to support the idea that if you're going to become anything, it's going to take you learning how to do that, learning to be that. And we've been talking about disciples and the church in this series. And in this episode, we're going to, we're going to take a look at what a disciple is, first and foremost. Before we get into how, how, what goes into making disciples, I want to, first of all, take a look at what actually is a disciple. Um, so first of all, disciple actually comes from the Greek word mathetis, and it, it literally means nothing earth-shattering, but it literally means to be a lifelong learner of Jesus. That's it. You see, if any one of us has a chance at making disciples ourselves, it's got to begin with being a disciple first. And that means a lifetime of learning from Jesus himself. I wonder if, if we were all being honest, those of us listening to this podcast today, I wonder how many of us have actually stopped learning about Jesus ourselves. we got many church leaders listening here today, and 
sometimes we can be the most guilty because we're constantly teaching others about Christ and, and how to follow him. But are we actually continuing to learn in our own journey of following Jesus? Because if we're not, it then leaves us in the believer category rather than a follower, like we discussed back in part one of the series. Making disciples has to begin with becoming one, first and foremost, and that's a lifelong journey. We never arrive, and that journey of learning actually never, ever ends. So what is a disciple? Well, simply put, a disciple is a lifelong learner of Jesus. How do you know if you're learning from Jesus? Without taking too much of a deep dive here, I do believe there are some identifiable markers in how we know if we're still following, if we're still learning from Jesus. So first, first question to ask, are you, are you following Jesus yourself? Not do you believe in Jesus, but are you actually following him with the entirety of your life? And this is done at a head level first. First and foremost, before anywhere else, this is done at, at your head level. It begins with your acceptance of Jesus' authority and truth. Are you taking your cues, your direction for your life and your actions and your future from Jesus and his word? Or are you living for yourself? Are you living for the world? Are you giving into your flesh constantly? No longer in charge of your life anymore. Are you submitting to his way? That's what it means to follow Jesus. Are you moving? We, we, that's a great question to ask because discipleship often means movement. Jesus' words, he said to his disciples in the Gospels, he said, come follow me and I'll make you. Now that suggests to me that he was already in motion. When he asked these guys to follow him, he was actually going somewhere. And so we too, if we're going to be following Jesus, have to be moving. We have to be going somewhere. Are you following Jesus? Question number one. Second question is, are you being changed by Jesus? You see, being a disciple means an ongoing process of transformation as you become more and more like him. And that happens at a heart level. It starts at the head level and then it moves to a heart level as we're pruned and we start to reflect the character of Christ. This is where, you know, we we start removing things from our life because it just doesn't line up with with who we say we want to be. If we actually want to follow Jesus, then we're going to have to leave some things behind. That pruning begins to take place in our hearts. And this can be very tough to track in the short term, but long term, year over year, The question is, are you more like Jesus this year than you were last year at this time? That's a great question to reflect on. Maybe at the beginning of every year in January, we do all sorts of other things like goal setting and vision casting for the year. Some of you name your year. Um, A great question to ask at the beginning of each year is is to evaluate the, the past year and say, am I more like Jesus today than I was a year ago today? Am I more loving? Am I more joyful? Like some of those the, the fruit that, that our life should display and, and should be on display constantly because we are becoming more like Jesus. We're being changed by him. We're, we're not just following him, but he's changing our lives. That's at the heart level. And then finally, the third question is, are you committed to the mission of Jesus? Part of following Jesus and allowing him to change us then directly results our purpose and our mission. And that final test to know whether you're a disciple or not has to do with your hands. It starts in the head, it moves down to our heart level, and then it lands in our hands. It ends with our hands. It's about action. It's to use whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever strengths, 
whatever's in your hands, to actively engage in his mission to make disciples and make him famous wherever he puts us on this earth. This is what it means to be a disciple, a lifelong learner of Jesus. To be a lifelong learner of Jesus will engage us at a head level, at a heart level, and at a hand level. Where do I start? After hearing all this, you're maybe not quite sure where you're at even or, or where to begin. And I want to encourage you today as you're listening to this podcast uh, to start by finding someone living a life that resembles Jesus and do what they do. Like this isn't rocket science. Like literally, it, it might start by you finding somebody that you admire, you respect, you look up to in this life, and they're living a life that resembles one of Christ. And just start imitating them. Do what they do. Ask them to go for coffee or buy them breakfast or whatever. And just, just rifle the questions off at them. And how did they get to this place? And what does their personal devotional life look like? And all these sorts of questions will help you if you're not sure where to begin today in your own discipleship journey. Because maybe if you're being honest today, as you look at your life, you've stopped at some point. Somewhere along the way, you've stopped being a lifelong learner of Jesus. And before you can, we can even get to the discipleship aspect and making disciples yourself, you've got to get back to becoming a disciple yourself before you'll ever be able to make any. So now that we've looked at what a disciple is, I want to move into part two of, uh, of this episode today. And I want to take the rest of our time talking about how disciples are made. If a disciple is basically a lifelong learner of Jesus, which we've already discussed, then a great place to start talking about how disciples are made would be by discussing the various learning styles. Because that's what it means to be a disciple, is to be a lifelong learner. And as human beings, we tend to learn in three different ways. I think Jesus modeled these with his own disciples, and we can learn from him as well. The first way that we learn as human beings is classroom slash lecture style. That's, that's kind of the first style of learning. And it's probably the most common, to be honest. It's the most common style most used in North American church today. Not just in churches, it's used in schools, it's used in businesses, it's used all over the place. And it involves simply the passing along of facts and information. Actually, it's, it's honestly where most of our discipleship efforts start and stop, unfortunately. And as much as it's important and it's needed, it's, it's, it's where we gain knowledge. And so, so we, we need this aspect to, to learning. We need this style of learning um, because it is how we learn important information. But if we stop here, which we often do, it rarely equates to the making of a disciple. You see, many of our North American churches today use this format in their main gatherings or even in their small groups. And then because they do, they assume from this that they are making disciples. Because, you know, they've got a powerful communicator on a Sunday morning or there's somebody teaching who's really good at it and does it in their small groups. And so because of that, and there's people showing up week after week, they assume that they're making disciples just because they're, they're, they're doing classroom slash lecture style. And again, although this learning style is necessary and important, it's only step one. And if it's the be-all and the end-all, we most likely, it will most likely result in a church full of believers with not many followers, as we talked about back in part one of this series. 
If we are to make disciples, we must get people to the second learning style. And the second learning style, the second way that we learn as human beings is through apprenticeship. Now, this is often what's missing in our discipleship efforts in the church today. Uh, we, we learn skills from someone who already learned. That's what apprenticeship is, is really all about, is to learn from someone who has already learned. This is where investment takes place in the discipleship process. Now, I can remember, I'll give you a little example. I can remember back in high school, taking automotive class in high school, where I was taught all sorts of book knowledge and book smarts, classroom style about vehicles and motors and the inner mechanics of an automotive vehicle. I remember learning about that and the difference between two-stroke and four-stroke and power cycle, all these various things. But then I apprenticed with my dad, who happened to run an automotive machine shop for many years. And I remember learning so much more when I actually got my hands dirty, when I actually learned and I watched him who had already learned and been doing this for years, and I got to apprentice under him and he taught me things. And I learned way more through apprenticeship than I did through just the classroom style alone. I learned how, how to do automotive repairs. I learned how to fix it myself and my dad would show me firsthand and then he'd let me try it out. He invested what he knew into me. He shared not just book knowledge, but he shared his experience. And when we're making disciples today, I really don't think we need to complicate things. It's as simple as just taking somebody with you everywhere you go. Uh, I used to try and operate from that rule back when I was pastoring, to never do anything alone. And it's as simple and complex as teaching others to constantly ask God what he's saying and then asking, what are they going to do about it? If you're going to apprentice somebody else, you need to teach them constantly to, to ask that question every day of their lives. What's God saying? And what are you doing about it? Apprenticing is really all about imitation. You're inviting people in to imitate you as you do life, as you follow Jesus yourself. Taking somebody with you, allowing them to imitate you as you imitate Christ. I believe Paul said that in the New Testament. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's not that we're perfect. It's not that we have it all figured out. But we need to, first and foremost, live lives worth imitating. Is your life worth imitating? I often will ask, uh, anytime I, I've led leadership meetings or leadership talks with groups of leaders in rooms, I'll, I'll say, you know, leadership is really an invitation to imitation. And then follow it up with this question. Is your life worth imitating? And it's not about being perfect or having it all together. It's even in your failures and your mess-ups, where do you go? Where do you turn? How do you, do you get up again? Do you dust yourself off? Do you repent? Do you confess? Do you, or do you keep secrets? Do you hide? Do you keep it and, and continue in your sin? That can speak just as much about, you know, living the right path and, and not making mistakes. Because we can teach a lot of people, even through how we handle our mistakes, uh, as much as we can about living appropriately and following Jesus and doing our best in that. We learn through classroom, we learn through apprenticeship, and then thirdly, we learn through immersion. Now, this one's huge, and this is often gets left out of the equation altogether when it comes to uh, the North American church anyways. This is where you fully immerse the disciple you're making into a discipleship culture, where one picks up what what one experiences by being immersed in a culture, in an environment, a setting that values the things that Jesus valued. This is the point where disciples get access into our lives. 
as disciple makers. It's like if I wanted to teach you how to speak a new language. I could put you in a class and teach it to you, which would be a good start. I could even give you a one-on-one tutoring session with, with an expert, you know, like, like apprenticing with, with somebody who knows how to do that particular thing. I could do that. It would be a, a great next step. Or I could also immerse you in a culture, in an environment where this language is spoken as their first language. And just like when you were a kid, parents taught you a couple words, but you learned the most through immersion, from being around them as they talked and listening as they talked and picking various words up. The more that they spoke and the more you were around the language of English is how you actually, you and I, uh, listening today, learned English ourselves. We picked the most up through immersion. And it's the, it's the same with discipleship. If we're actually going to become disciples, we need to be immersed in discipleship environments, discipleship cultures, where there's a bunch of disciples who are learning to follow Jesus, who are learning to to give their lives over to him, to not just at a head level, but again, at a heart level, at a hand level. We need to be immersed in cultures like that. And if we're being completely honest, I, I think one of the problems in with a lot of our churches today is the reality is there aren't enough disciples filling our churches to create a culture of discipleship for new disciples to be immersed into. And that could be a sobering fact, what I just said. I might need to say it again. That the problem with many of our churches that we face today is the reality that there's actually not enough disciples filling our churches to create a culture for new disciples to be immersed into. I remember vividly back a number of years ago when we were youth pastoring and how we'd open up our home each Sunday night and we pastored in two different contexts and we still did it the same both places, um, large to small, urban to didn't matter. Every Sunday night we opened up our home. Anyone who wanted to come and just hang, leaders, students, whoever, could come and hang out in our home. And some weeks there'd be people jammed in on multiple levels. Other weeks a smaller number would show up. But regardless, I still remember as we resigned in both these locations, both these churches, when students would gather to farewell us, the most significant and impactful moments that they'd point to always came back to moments like this. Over and over and over again, specifically, they'd talk about Sunday nights in our home. It was never a sermon I spoke, never a Bible lesson I taught in a small group. It was these moments of immersion where they were given access into our our personal lives and space to watch how we would parent our kids, to watch how we'd interact as a couple. They would watch these things and point to those, and that is what spoke to them more than anything else that we did as their pastors. So as you can see, if we're going to make disciples, we're going to need to teach people using not just one of these learning styles, but when there is an interplay between all three of these styles of learning, classroom to apprenticeship to moving to immersion, that that's when discipleship has a way better chance to actually thrive. The sad reality is that discipleship in church today is mostly about classroom which is info-driven with hardly any apprenticeship and hardly any immersion at all. Because people must be fluent in something before immersion can actually happen. And this, my friends, my listeners today, this is exactly what Jesus modeled for us in the Gospels. He took people on an experience and he educated them along the way. 
instead of educating them, putting them in a classroom, and then just sending them out, hoping they'll experience it on their own. No, Jesus actually took them on an experience, an adventure, and he, and he taught them as he went about, as he was moving along. He taught them. He pointed things out. He apprenticed them. He immersed them in this culture where he was making disciples out of them. He took people somewhere. Again, he was moving. Discipleship is movement. He called people to follow him as he was already in motion. So the question to start with today for you and I is, are you moving? If so, where are you headed? What road are you on? Why is that even important? It's important because Jesus called all of us to this, to the making of disciples. He didn't call us, again, to build churches, to plant them, to revitalize. Those aren't bad things, but what Jesus first and foremost called us to was to making of disciples. And that has to start with you becoming one first. And what's a disciple? A disciple is just a lifelong learner of Jesus. So are you still learning from Jesus yourself? Because we, we don't really have a hope or a prayer in making other disciples if we've stopped learning ourselves. So before you can start shifting the culture in your church or wherever you're leading today, you must shift your own heart back toward the priority to go and make disciples. Again, I want to thank you for for listening, the giving of your time today. I know time is a precious commodity and really value it. I hope these episodes have been meaningful and impacted you in some way, shape, or form, ultimately to get you back to the main priority, to get you back to disciple-making. I hope that's what, what part one and part two of this series on discipleship in the church actually do for each of us. And if it has helped you, if it has impacted you, maybe you've pulled something, maybe not all of it, but maybe a piece, a nugget, whatever that you've taken away and you're going to take away from today, I just encourage you to, once again, if you just share that with somebody else, maybe on a social media profile or wherever, pass it along to somebody else who you think would benefit from this today. Just help spread the word, or you can leave a like or a review on iTunes or Spotify or Google uh, Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, I want to thank you for listening to this episode today. And, and remember, we do this all in an effort to help develop healthy leaders. Why? Because leadership matters. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.